Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Breath of God. Grace has many expressions. And without a doubt, it has engaged in your life so many times you have no idea. If you 
understood how often and how much your lives have been protected, guided, intervened by heaven, your jaw would drop on the floor. That is the nature of grace. And it's an itsy-bitsy voice, but everybody has that. It's like a a wave of guilt that goes through you that says, are you really sure you want to say that or think that about that person? That's, That's grace in action. That's grace that comes in and says, That's how grace operates in your life. It saves you from doing something harsh and dark and gives you an option to do something good and light in its place. Grace is the breath of God. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was Carolyn Mace. Grace, wasn't that a lovely, lovely spoken word? Each line carries such a depth and such a wisdom. And I have to tell you, she is not only one of my favorite friends, but one of my favorite teachers. What I've appreciated with Caroline is that she just tells you as as it is. She's not going to give you any fluff. She's not going to make it too gentle. She's going to say, this is what you got to do if you want to shift yourself. And perhaps for us to all come into a oneness consciousness, that's going to be the work that we all have to do in ourselves is to face up, turn back inwards, become pretty clear about what you're actually doing to yourself based on your thoughts, words, and choices. We can't blame anyone for the way that our life is manifesting. And yes, some of the things that folks are doing aren't right. However, at the end of the day, how am I impacted and how do I respond as a result of their behavior? And sometimes we can catch their virus, so we can catch their influence. Even now, I talk to so many friends around the world and there are people who have just been so peaceful, have become so angry. And I don't necessarily feel it's who they really are. I just think it's the climate. It's the age that we're in and things are being stirred up. And things that we didn't even know was inside of our personality is being revealed. So it's giving us a chance to maybe go a little bit deeper, go into some new stories to find the awe in our lives, to find out what this world of karma is about. If we all had our stuff together, then there would be a golden age. There would be harmony. But the fact that there are some voids and there's some missing pieces, we do have this incredible, incredible story. We have this story of the ins and the outs, the ups and the downs, the victories and the defeats, the dark and the light. 
and we are learning a lot about who we are and why we are here together and what we can actually do to come more together and become one with one another. Well, anyway, today is a special day on the 23rd because we are having a wonderful feature presentation of a program that I had the fortune of participating in. I'm going to build it up until you catch it. (laughs) So like over a year, we were working on this program about what we actually have in karma, you know, and the awe of our common karma. And we have reached a point that we need to get that kind of information that can help us to navigate ourselves well. So it's my intention to invite all of you to join the secret power of human vision, which is really to discover the transformative art of deeply seeing and appreciating the world around you. You hear from magnificent voices such as Matthew Fox, Patricia Coda Robles, and myself, as we really talk about this awe of life, and it is an awe-inspiring program, and you'll hear my presentation on, you know, what do we hold in common and how do we take these steps to understand subtle and gross forms of karma, what's the way that we can come together as one, what are the implications of our oneness to improve the way that we are in life. So lots of good stuff. So that's going to start today at 5 p.m. Pacific and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it'll be available when you sign up on the link. I think our offices have sent out emails to the AM followers and also to the Meditation Museum. But you can just go on to the Humanities Team link for some more information. And why I'm telling you about all of this, (laughs) it's because today we're talking to the founder of Humanities (laughs) Team, And before Steve Farrell co-founded Humanity's team with best-selling author Neil Donald Walsh, he had actually co-founded and led two high-growth technology companies based in Silicon Valley in the 90s. And that spanned across both the United States and Europe. And and he was featured on the Inc. 500 list and were each operating at more than $75 million in revenue. By that time... Steve was also an officer in both the Young Entrepreneurs Organization and Young Presidents Organization, but he decided to walk away from all of that, everyone, when he felt a calling to instead play an active role in creating a movement that could help people across the globe to connect more deeply to the oneness of all of life and the divine energy of the universe. He's now the worldwide executive director of the Humanities Team Nonprofit Organization, and a member of the Evolutionary Leadership Council. Today, I'm so excited to welcome my wonderful brother, Steve Farrell. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Jenna. It's wonderful to be with you, and thank you for that generous introduction. And wow, uh, so many uh, wonderful things that we can talk about here today. Exactly, and today's my segment of our program that we have worked so hard together. But before I go more into that, you and I have a little bit of a similar background. I ran nightclubs. You ran tech companies. <laughs> you made, oh, you know, <laughs> you generated millions for your companies, which was great. And something called, something. there was a deeper call. There was something more happening in your consciousness. And I'd love if you could tell us a little bit more about your journey so our audience can learn more about Steve Farrell. You bet. I'd love to, Sister Jenna. Well, um, and such a such a synchronicity that uh, 
we both yeah, right? American dream and left it <laughs> for this uh, dream that holds the real potential, this uh, dream that we can all embrace. All we have to do is follow our soul's calling. So I grew up in a family with, uh, with six siblings, a single mom. Uh, she was a legal secretary. Uh, so that was that was how I grew up, and I flew out west and had, took a couple of jobs, and, including with IBM, where I had really uh, great success. And IBM kind of brings you along, promoting you along with a safe career. And and it was uh, in the 1980s actually, IBM was kind of the place to be. This book, In Search of Excellence, came out then. Now, but I was in the habit of following my soul's calling which is why I moved out west from the East Coast where my family and all of my friends live. And so my and your soul's calling can lead you into some really interesting chapters in your life. So it led me to the West and this job with IBM, and then it led me to quit IBM in the late 80s and start this uh, my first company called ENS, Enterprise Networking Systems, as the Internet was being born. And what we were doing was providing technology solutions for middle-sized and large companies that supported data or Internet communication. And so naturally, our business just took off because we were based in Silicon Valley as the Internet was being born. And so we went from two guys with used furniture and an executive suite to 175 people, 75 million in revenue 10 years later. And we birthed another company inside of ENS in that time frame. But what happened here with me, because your question was about, now, why did I leave this? And, and incidentally, as I was living that American dream, and we were climbing into $3 million and $10 million and $20 million and so on, with YPO, I even had the experience of flying on private jets and going to private uh, communities and things like that. But what happened, actually, is I had cognitively, there was a cognitive dissonance kind of thing that came in. Whereas I was doing these things, I was feeling, why are you doing this stuff now when there's this existential crisis in the world? Because you could feel it even in the 90s. Certainly we can feel it today. And I started reading materials about our oneness, which you were talking about in your introduction, our oneness with the divine, each other, and all of life, and the truth, or if we're, as we self-identify, we're actually eternal beings with unlimited potential, with all of these beautiful things you were talking about, love and grace and peace. That this is our essence. It's our nature. It's our character. It's actually who we are. And so I sat with this cognitive dissonance of, uh, on the one hand, wow, you know, this is so neat. I'm a kid that grew up in this very modest way. And here I'm experiencing this unbelievable, uh, these unbelievable riches in terms of financial wealth that we were creating, doing these things with these technology executives. Uh, the governor of, of California, Gavin Newsom, was in my chapter, and other people like him running public companies. So uh, on the one hand, I was like, this is unreal. And then on the other hand, it was like, this is a very serious time in the world. There's an existential crisis here. 
and we don't have that many years, even in the 90s we could see this, we don't have that many years to really get it right. And uh, so I lost my passion for business over a period of years. I lost my passion for business and came to the conclusion that I needed to sell all of these companies. I started a second company that also went to $75 million in revenue, in this case in two years. The first one, it took 10 years. Uh, I sold these companies. I left YPO. I moved from Silicon Valley, my home there with my family, to Boulder, Colorado. I helped Neil Donald Walsh start Humanities Team a few years after I sold my companies and left these uh, left these organizations that I was part of because I, hmm. uh, I I got in touch with who I really was. I self-identified right. with my eternal self and not this Steve Farrell that's in a body at this particular moment. Steve, wasn't it interesting that as you were going through the process, I know that for me there was one part that just celebrated that you could get to a particular place in life economically and status-wise. And even though there is an element of satisfaction or joy, there is always this deeper part within you that maybe you didn't know where to go or how to access it, but that deeper part in you would sort of be this innocent kid looking at you and go, that's still not it. You know that, right? That's really not it. And and, and you would ignore that energy for such a long time until something would emerge and would just say, this is what you got to do. And then we finally take that plunge and just go with it. You know, for me, I had a spiritual community through my parents. So I had that insight as to, oh, okay, well, I could at least start with them and see how that works. You know what I mean? And it's interesting how you kind of morph into, you know, the, the next chapter because then you morphed into humanity's team. And it's doing some important, important work. And I want if you can now tap into giving us some insight on its mission and what it is doing, you know, really in terms of transformation of people's lives at this time. Yes, I'd love to. Humanities Team was founded in 2003, June 2003 in Wilsonville, Oregon, as you mentioned, by Neil Donald Walsh and myself. And there were other people that helped us launch it. Most of them fell away in the early years. Here we are, 17 years old. But so humanity's team is about awakening the world to oneness with the divine, each other, and all of life. But it's not just about awakening. It's about living into and being an expression of the divine, understanding that we're all actually all emanations of the divine. So we're not out just yak, 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 talking about oneness, we're out really working as a team, living in oneness, inviting, you mentioned we'll talk about your program here in just a little bit that is so exciting, working with leaders like you and Matthew Fox and Patricia Cota Robles and other leaders that are devoting their lives to this shift, this awakening, this transformation, this ascension. It goes by many names, but it's this important unbelievably important thing at this moment in time on the earth that is unlike any other where on the one side we have devolution which is causing this fear and this anger and the things you were referring to friends that otherwise have been peaceful that, that now are triggered by just the polarity and the 
stepping back from the Paris uh, Climate Accord and all these things that are just so alarming. So there's devolution on one side, and on the other side, there's conscious evolution. On the other side, we, we see what ultimate reality is. I mean, it's that fundamental. We see that in ultimate reality, everything is actually deeply connected, interrelated, interconnected, and interdependent. But actually, everything is a part of one thing. They, uh, in astronomy, they talk about the Big Bang. So that Big Bang, that explosion of that one thing into this expanding universe, there it is. <laughs> that's, that's what oneness is. And so when we started humanity's team, our recognition was that this uh, spiritual and mystical and classical truth had been around forever, that everything is deeply ineffective, that everything mm-hmm. is of one thing. But so there were few paying attention. It was just the mystical mystics that were paying attention. And, and if this is ultimate reality, and we said, okay, let's, let's do something about this. Let's create all of the kind of programming that we can that educates people, that creates spiritual literacy and mystical literacy as yes. to how life really works. So give us some ideas of some of the programs that you offer. Well, one of our programs is called Global Oneness Day, and we celebrated our our 10th Global Oneness Day in uh, 2019, so it'll be our 11th this year. And all of these uh, incredible speakers like you, Sister Jenner, I think you were on like three panels. Uh, I think you maybe were on more panels than anybody Global Oneness yeah. Day last year. Uh, but to come in, and Michael Beckwith and Neil Donald Walsh and Greg Braden and Bruce Lipton and all of these people, these scientists and these world leaders and spiritual leaders, uh, give their time freely come into the program, and in their own words and in their own heart language, talk about what ultimate reality is, our, our oneness, and how we can express that, and how we can live fruitful lives when we express it, and how we can create, through planetary awakening, how we can create real flourishing, not only in mm-hmm. our own lives, but in our homes, in our countries, and in the world. And then we have these educational programs that we offer, uh, because most of the people I'm guessing that are listening in here now have been on this conscious journey for a while. And what people most want to do on the conscious journey is really embody these teachings. They, they hear interviews. They find them very fascinating. But they're saying, How do I, want to, I want to embody that. I want to live a daily life where I really experience the thing that these people were talking about. And uh, educational programs are the vehicle then. So years ago, we started creating these educational programs. We'll talk about this amazing one we created with you. As you mentioned, it was about a year and a half in the making. So where you can really crock something pretty beautiful, you know, where you spend a year and a half creating something. And and they're just, they're very, I'll call it sticky, because we, our programs, they're, they're about 15 to 20 minutes in recorded material each segment. They're usually 24 segments, and there's live mentoring, three 60-minute live mentoring programs, and there's a Facebook community, and there's PDFs and audios, and so when you're traveling, you can read or listen to these messages and other kinds of bonus gifts that people find valuable as well. So all of these things are kind of wrapped into a, a program and offered to the public very inexpensively. We are the only global nonprofit in this transformational education space, there, there are wow, three large 
organizations. They're for profits, and that means they have shareholders, and they're going for growth. We don't have any shareholders. There's no, you know, I'm not even yeah. paid. Actually, I'm still a volunteer at 17 years in. Mm-hmm. So this is just about passion. Of okay, let's get this job done. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And the um, whole online industry is booming so rapidly that there are so many people just coming on board and creating online events, online webinars, and you've been doing it for 17 years. You were way ahead of the game. You were way ahead of the game, really inviting people to be able to be comfortable at their homes and still learn and educate themselves in ways that could be very transformative. One of the big things about you, Steve, is that you want to see the world in a, in a place of harmony. You know we have the capacity to be different and yet live as one. When you do visualize that, what are some of the thoughts that you tend to see in your mind that keeps you inspired to keep pushing through? Because it does become sort of like a road where you're you're pushing the boulder up the mountain, you know, but you know eventually you'll get there. Yeah, yeah, it is like that. Well, like this this truly is uh, the most important moment in the history of the earth. That sounds like it could be some kind of marketing statement or overstatement. It really is not. It is this moment where, because modern scientists now have even come in and said, you know, everything is deeply interconnected. Everything is one. Actually, you know, classical leaders over the history of time have shared this. I'll, I'll just share a couple of really quick quotes to bring this in so this doesn't sound like some New Age conversation that we're having. Plato said, human nature was originally one, and we were a whole. And then Hippocrates said, there is one common flow, one common breathing. All things are in sympathy. And then Walt, Walt, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, there is one mind common to all individual men, a universal mind. The oversoul is that unity within which every man's particular being is contained and made one with all others. Within man is the soul of the whole, the eternal one. And then I'll just read one more. Erwin Schrodinger, who won the Nobel Prize for Physics in 1933. To divide or multiply consciousness is something meaningless. In all the world, there is no kind of framework within which we can find consciousness in the plural. This is simply something we construct because of the spatio-temporal plurality of individuals. But it is a false construction. The category of number, of whole of parts, are then simply not applicable to it. The overall number of minds is just one. In truth, there is only one mind. And I... (laughs) Billions of these classical quotes around. So what keeps me going? Mm-hmm. Uh, in a sense, it is like pushing a rock uphill. Is um, One is the fruit of the work, which a Sister Jenna I see and feel in you always, uh, and that I feel into is uh, today where I'm not making billions of dollars, but where I'm, in fact, where I'm a volunteer. But where I'm doing this conscious work, and I'm right even in this very moment, breathing into the divine nature of which I am a part, and feeling into that throughout the day, and then working with a team where the culture that we've built is, a, is based on collaboration and decision-making that is in this container of real, uh, of real blessing, of real honoring, of real trust. 
it's just a beautiful thing. My family, uh, I have two teenagers now, I'm happily married. My family just benefits from the kind of culture that's loving in our home that's very unusual, uh, which is the fruit of this work. So I get to experience the fruit of the work every single day of my life. And and then, our, then I get to develop programs like this, an incredibly neat program we'll talk about with you, Sister Janet, where we're then bringing the fruit of this consciousness out to the world through these really inexpensive, cool programs that, that allow people to really fully embody this and uh, experience the fruit of it in their in their homes, in their working life, etc. So, And where I exit the planet at the end of my life, if I've helped to turn that needle just a little bit through the work that we're doing at Humanity Team, it's like, man, that is a life well lived. You know, hallelujah. Yes, yes, indeed. How beautiful is that? And I like the fact that you kind of just stay true to knowing that at some point it'll happen. And for those of us who really volunteer a lot of our lives to causes that are so noble, I believe what keeps us going isn't necessarily the millions coming in or the millions of people or or getting on the stock market or anything like that, but it's the fact that it's also our personal growth and that we're growing through the process, and that's what I know keeps me going whether there's one person in front of me or one million, it's like I'm not there because of the one million. I'm there because I know that there's a lot of work within myself that I'm curious to become aware of and, and to transform if I need to. I want to talk about the current sort of a climate in the country, chaos and instability, impeachment, things overlooming, people lying, deceiving, cheating, people waking up, people who felt powerless are now becoming powerful. What we're witnessing in the world is quite um, alarming at some point, in some way. But are you still optimistic, Steve, about the future of our humanity? And, I mean, you are the co-founder of Humanity's team. That means you're going to have to make sure that we all get it right. So (laughs) are you still optimistic about what's going on, or do you really see a forthcoming massive decline, but that is needed because the upswing is also upon us too. There are individuals doing work like you and me, and we're feeding that energy for the upward mobile part of our humanity. But on a personal level, are you still optimistic, or do you feel like how I feel sometimes when I just sort of lose hope in my humanity, wondering what has happened to us, even though I know, but I still get there? And it hurts my heart that we are where we are. So sometimes I still go there where I just feel just lost. Yeah, well, boy, you know, and your your honesty is what makes you so approachable. And, and uh, I think is, is one of your great gifts to people around you, Sister Jenna. And, and, mm-hmm. and, of course, who among us would say that we would ever have guessed, those of us on this conscious journey, that it would get to this, uh, but we could have. I would have never guessed in 2020 that the mm-hmm. world would look like this. So, so it is a challenge. But this is what I see: is that all of what is unhealed is coming up to the surface for healing. And so now, more than ever, uh, what Martin Luther King demonstrated, and of course we're only days beyond uh, Martin Luther King Day, and Gandhi before him, and Jesus before him, because those teachings were all strung together. Uh, demonstrate this incredible power in nonviolence and in loving expression. People say that uh, oh, peace, loving expression and peace and nonviolence 
you know, what can that accomplish? Well, you know, study these people's lives and see see what it's accomplished. There, there are no bigger people than these you know, in the last 2,000 years that have lived on this planet. And their work was all based in uh, nonviolence and, and love and healing. So I am very much of an optimist. It, it is the time where we have to be very disciplined uh, and, and stay really devoted to our work and not go to this place of, of being triggered and uh, feeling that things are impossible because we're not adding to the light of the world where we do that. We're not. Uh, what, what oneness means is that actually in every moment, we're either adding to the light of the world or mm-hmm. the shadow in every moment. And uh, so it's very important that we do our work. We live in a daily practice. I know, Sister Jenna, you shared of yours where you get up at 4 in the morning and you're meditating and feeling into things mm-hmm. and you're calling friends where you experience things, which is so beautiful, uh, which is a model, actually, for what we can all be. Uh, and this is doing the work where we're in our daily practice where we're in that place of communion and then throughout the day we're not just it's not just our vocal cords that are doing the work but even right now right now in this very moment feeling into this uh, divine presence that is the only true presence that Mm -hmm. these other things are all we're just putting a raincoat actually over divine presence and we get up in our head and we get into these mental constructions and these task lists and things which was my life yeah. in Silicon Valley. But that's, uh, that, that is a rat race, and even if you win that race, you're still a rat. So if you want yeah. to, uh, it's important that we get into, into our, uh, our daily practice. We do the work. We become an expression of the work. We become, become a healing agent. And then over time, here we are 17 years in, humanity team with our Global Oneness Day, we have over 100,000 people now participating in Global Oneness Day. And this program mm-hmm. we're doing with you, Sister Jenna, um, we've had your, your program is tonight uh, at 5 o'clock Pacific, and we've had uh, 600 and 700 people just coming on to listen to this, these uh, three programs. The first one was with uh, Matthew Fox, as you mentioned, and then Patricia Cota Robles, and we saved the best for last. Sister Jenna <laughs> is, and as you mentioned, the program is called What We Have in Karma. What We Have in Karma is mm-hmm. The power of seeing the world and everything in it as one big, organic, and balanced whole. And, of course, uh, you came into that program. We recorded it. We just recorded it very recently. And uh, just so many um, beautiful expressions and tools, free tools that you share throughout that hour uh, for people. So I would encourage people to, uh, if you've received this email from... Uh, Sister Jenna's organization, there's a link. You can register. It's free. You'll also get uh, these recordings with Matthew Fox and Patricia Cota Robles. So you, get, you actually get three hours of free programs where we're giving away lots of tools to speak to how we live in awe and wonder. And then for those that are interested, uh, there is an eight-week program that's very inexpensive. We're a nonprofit uh, that we've created with these three leaders that took us almost a year and a half. It's amazing. We'll talk a little bit about that, too. But I'd encourage everybody to check out this program. I'm going to be there live doing a Q&A after the 60-minute program, answering people's questions. And then as part of the uh, program that follows where people want to go on to the eight-week program, Sister Jenna comes in and does live mentoring for 60 minutes. And, you know, I think this 
this path we've been on, Sister Jenna, where we've lived the American dream, you know, where you had these two mm-hmm. nightclubs quite successful at that echelon of society there in Florida. Uh, but yeah. then walking away and saying, you know, as you mentioned, no, this isn't the real me. This isn't was this wasn't my calling. And then coming yeah. onto this into this conscious journey, it uh, puts us in a pretty unique place to really talk about what is so and what is not so. I agree. I agree. And you know, it's the time. I think a lot of individuals now globally are just looking for methods and means to make themselves better individuals. I have to ask you my last question before we end our beautiful conversation. Just looking at the trajectory of history where we didn't have social media or technology, and what I've observed, it's just an observation. There's been a rapid increase of our humanity becoming quite self-serving. And what I mean by that is folks are more focused on what's in it for me before they choose to say, I'm here to be of service. And we are using methods that we want, you know, individuals to share and evolve as well. But a few days ago, I was thinking to my friends, I was telling them, you know, why do we all bother to keep trying to change the planet? Aren't we just here to change ourselves? And and we all kind of had a moment of pause, right? <laughs> because we're realizing that um, there was a research done a few months ago where children between the ages of 13 to 21 were asked what they actually want to do or be when they grow up. And the two top answers were famous and rich. Nobody wanted to be a doctor. Nobody wanted to be a teacher. Nobody wanted to save humanity. They were so caught up on what YouTube says, the likes say, um, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, all these things, that there's been a grooming, a grooming in consciousness where it is so entrenched in the I, me, or mine. So whenever I'm in gatherings or with people in conversations, I'm aware that there is such a, um, a thick layer of this vibration in consciousness And I know that it's going to take a very high level of love to maybe inspire that person to really change. So that means I've got to do my work at a deep level. What do you say about that? Have you noticed an increase in that kind of a consciousness with our humanity, that it has reached that point, that everybody's just happy on their phones, looking at each other or texting each other, but they don't want to work things out with the person they live with in the same household. Yeah, so I would say this to them, because this this was really part of my own journey. It was the big decision I made in the 90s. At the end of our life, when we go back into the absolute realm, or what we can call heaven, we don't care at all, at all, about any of the earthly success stuff, the famous, the rich that's in some bank account that's left behind that none of that matters at all. On this eternal journey that we're on, the whole thing is about our being state. The whole thing is about being an expression of the whole, of the one, of the divine. That's, that's the whole thing. So, and what you said with your friends is true, too. You know, we're, we're, the way that we create the change in the world so that others can live into that and can, can really experience true success in this lifetime is which which is the conscious journey which is the inner journey which is adjusting our being state through our daily practice and so on 
is to live it and to really become it and to have people to feel it. So our home is that way and our work environment is that way. And our, mm-hmm. our work associates are just marveling at, oh, my God, thank you so much for bringing mm-hmm. me into this work environment. And then where you're fortunate, like you are, Sister Jenna, with your radio station, your meditation museums and things, humanities team with all of our programs, then we actually get to bring that out into the world and have people experience that. Because uh, I promise you, this was the thing I was in touch with in the 90s when I, when I went, began this U-turn. I, mm-hmm. I was very clear at the end of my life, if I was, and I was a rock star then those days in my, you know, in Silicon Valley, we raised $200 million for the second company. We, you know, I was a rock star in everybody's eyes. But I, I knew at the end of my life that I would be, it would be a disaster if I continued to be a technology entrepreneur, just launching companies, creating fame and fortune, that there is no happiness and no true success in that. And that's why I released it all so many years ago to, to mm-hmm. do this work. So I just ask people to hear that and to, to in your own daily practice, uh, feel into it, because it's, it's a false path where we just get running after fame and fortune. I've, yes. I've actually lived with those people that were that are in the gazillionaire category, and I know what's going on in their homes, most of their homes. Believe me, uh, that that's not the journey that we want to uh, that we want to set out on. Indeed, indeed. Well, thank you for answering that so clearly. I think that's important for us to, you know, to to really explore because we are in a particular time period where we're learning a lot of new things about. And we're going to have to allow the challenge and the test to be upon us, but to make ourselves into better people. So I appreciate that. Leave us with a website, the best website, that people can get more information on you and Humanities Team. And thank you so much for coming on air today. I know it was short notice, but just appreciate you so much, Steve. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sister Jenna. And, yes, please go to, uh, you can Google Humanities Team with a Y, Y apostrophe S, or it's Humanities Team, of course, no apostrophe dot org. Uh, if you go right to our site, when you get to our site and you scroll down a little bit, you'll see a picture of Sister Jenna there with Patricia Cota Robles, Matthew Fox, and this uh, program. The series is called The Secret Power of Human Vision, Discover the Transformative Art of Deeply Seeing and appreciating the world around you. And then this program tonight, beginning at 5 uh, Pacific, 8 Eastern, is called What We Have in Karma, Power of Seeing the World and Everything in It as One Big Organic and Balanced Whole. And, again, it's a free program. It's a free series. And I know people will get a lot out of it. Um, it's, it's amazing. Thank you, Steve Farrell. You're the best. You make me feel awe. <laughs> Well, back at you. I, I so much appreciate being your friend, Sister Jenna, and thank you for your many contributions to the world through your own presence, your own expression, and, and these organizations you've created. Ditto. All the best to you, Steve Farrell. Take care. <laughs> and to you. Bye-bye. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye-bye. So that was Steve Farrell from Humanities Team. Please find some more information on him at humanitiesteam.org. Wonderful guy. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. Remember to do your traffic control. Pause every hour and hour for 30 seconds. Go into your Om Shanti. Feel your personal space of peace and send that peace to every 
one in the world. Here, stand up from unity.earth. Take care. Sister Jenna, you've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.